Tuesday evening to you, and welcome into Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us. If you want to join the program this evening, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. Or you can always tweet at me if you would like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air is the Twitter handle. I've got you for an hour, taking you till 9 o'clock this evening as we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball. Got a lot to get into today. We're at that point in spring training where where numbers are starting to matter a little bit for some guys. I never put too much stock into spring training numbers because there's always going to be the guy who has a wretched spring training and is just fine when the regular season starts. And there's always going to be the guy who has an amazing spring training, and then all of a sudden the big lights turn on and they can't get they can't get a hit to save their lives, or they can't get somebody out to save their lives, that sort of thing. So I, I'm I'm of the belief that numbers matter a little bit more as you go along. They matter for guys who are battling for spots, but you don't you just don't put too much stock into spring training numbers. And a lot of times these are split squad games, and you're facing you know some pitcher who's going to be in Double A this upcoming season and may never see the big leagues in their career. Like it's just there's there's too many variables to really put a ton of stock into all the numbers, but they're fun. We there's something tangible that we're able to look at, so I guess that's a good thing that we can finally say, okay, so so and so is hitting whatever in spring training so far. And that's a good thing to be able to say. It absolutely is. Uh, but I just I always warn people because it's my place to warn you for whatever reason. I always warn people just be be careful on the spring training numbers because there's going to be guys who put up huge numbers that just don't follow it up. But also you know look at Jesus Aguilar last year. He played himself onto the roster with his amazing spring, and to his credit. He put up very good big league numbers throughout the course of the year. So that's a that's an example of where numbers do matter. Uh, we got a lot to get into today. Uh, I want to touch on some of the position battles, and I kind of say position battles in air quotes because they're not they're not truly position battles. It's not player A versus player B for spot whatever. That's not the way things are working out right now. Uh, the way the the way our you know. Uh, Craig Council always refers to the position players as the position player group. Like there's not a there's not a starters and bench when it comes to the Brewers. They just don't view it that way. And it's good because then you got all these guys who play a lot and they're able to contribute. You don't have that twenty fifth man on the roster who's just gonna, you know, sit there and get a random pinch hitting appearance once a week and, and end up hitting one fifty and you, you just have a, a rotating group of people that, you know, get brought in and brought out for that spot. The Brewers are kinda past that, and that's not the way that they go about things, and that's good. But there are battles going on for playing time at positions, and there are roster battles going on for individuals who happen to generally play the same position. Like, we can talk about the second base position battle. And I guess that would include Aaron Perez, Eric Sogard, Jonathan VR. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about that second base spot. Uh, 
but there's a lot that goes into that because Hernan Perez is much more than a second baseman. He just is. And pigeonholing him as the everyday second baseman, even if he puts up the best numbers of any second baseman during the course of spring training, having him be an everyday guy at second base might not make all the sense in the world in terms of the greater good for this Brewers team. The Braun situation. Look, we've talked about Braun at first base every single show that I've hosted since the Brewers floated out the idea that he could play a little bit at first base. And I continue to say, I said this last week, and I say this on the Brewers podcast I do every week, I will repeat this, I will sing it out to the heavens forever and ever until we get some sort of conclusion on this. The numbers don't add up. They just don't add up in terms of the Braun thing at first base just being a every once in a while sort of deal. When when everything says Christian Yelich is going to basically be your everyday left fielder, and yeah, he might play a little bit of center field when Lorenzo Cain needs a day off, or he'll go over to right field when Domingo Santana needs a day off. You know, him filling in center field for Lorenzo Cain and him filling in for uh, Santana in right field, not going to open up enough opportunities at left field for Ryan Braun. And even if you include 20 games at first base plus him in left field whenever Yelich is in center or right, what is that? That, that can't be much more than 50 games at most for Braun. It doesn't add up. So the idea that Braun's only going to be at first base a little bit, I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. Either a trade's going to be made to open up a spot, once again, for Braun in the outfield, or Braun's going to be playing a ton of first base. Or they're transitioning Braun in some other type of role because they're worried about his health and they're not saying that. But I don't think that's true at all. That that would be my... Uh, that's just... That's me just kind of grasping at things that could be the case. So we'll get into all that uh, over the course of the program today. We'll get you updated on some injury stuff. In fact, uh, manager Craig Council uh, commented on uh, Zach Davies, who's dealing with a bit of an oblique. That's always worrisome, by the way. Obliques, man, they stick around. And I know it's minor. I, I know it's minor. But especially when it comes to pitchers, I think that's the injury, the obliques and groins. I Stay away from those as pitchers. The the thing that's worrisome about an oblique injury is you have to wait until you're all the way healed to do anything. If you're 95% healed and you go out and you throw a pitch, well, you're going to be 0% healed in about five seconds. That injury just, boom, right at the snap of a finger, comes back all the way. And I'm, I'm... Look, I'm not a doctor. I'm oversimplifying everything here. But that's why you have to be worried about obliques. And anytime you got an oblique pop-up, especially in spring training, especially for a guy like Zach Davies who has his spot all locked in, you got to be super, super careful. So we'll hear from manager Craig Council coming up in just a bit, uh, talking about both Zach Davies and uh, Stephen Vogt. We'll get into the second base spot. We'll get into... Um, the first base spot, we'll get into the rotation, what it's looking like right now. I'm actually changing my take on the rotation a bit from last week. If you heard me on the show last week, my belief was Wade Miley and Brent Suter would be your number four and number five starters. I don't believe that anymore. I've changed a little bit. I've moved off that. I'll tell you who I think are going to be the four and five starters. One of those two guys I still think is in there, but the other guy I've moved out, 
There's there's your radio tease. That's going to come up here in just a little while. Good. If you want to join me, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. It is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is Brewers Weekly. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolling on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join the program, you can do so on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. Or you can always uh, tweet at me if you would like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air is the Twitter handle as we continue to count down to opening day. It's not that far out. It's It's really weird that they're starting the regular season in March. Do you like that, Ashton? Like, for me, I'd rather see regular season baseball start in April. There's something about March and baseball that matters. And I know there's been times where, like, teams have gone over. I don't know if it's China or Japan. I remember, like, years ago where they've played a couple random games while other teams are in spring training and those are in March. Like, I, I can deal with that, whatever. But the idea of like, the entire schedule starting in March... Not my thing, not your thing. You're shaking your head no. That's good. Not that we have any control over it. And uh, it does give, I believe it gives a couple extra off days during the course of the regular season as well, which is maybe as I go through the year, I'm be like, thank God we started this thing in March. I need a, I need a break. And I'm not even a player. I'm just a guy who covers the team on an everyday basis. Um, two big injuries. I say big, like bigs in air quotes. Like two, two notable. We'll go with notable over big. That's a better word. Two notable injuries right now with the Brewers. Uh, one has been going on for over a week. Steven Vogt, he's got the shoulder deal. And I, I think he's going to be fine. And I, I still think he's absolutely got the inside track on the backup catcher position. I have a, Unless that injury just continues to linger where he's not available on opening day, I have a hard time seeing a scenario where Jet Bandy beats out Steven Vogt for a job on this team. I just I don't see it. Uh, and then the other injury that just kind of came out uh, out of nowhere, a very minor oblique issue with pitcher Zach Davies. As I was saying in the last segment, got to be really careful with those obliques. Those things are, are stick-around in injuries where they just they, they, they take a really long time to heal and they can be re-aggravated very easily. Manager Craig Council talked about uh, both players today. First and foremost, he said uh, overall... This is coming back from injury and just going through the course of uh, spring training. Zach Davies right now very much moving in a positive direction. Zach's day went well again, so it's bullpen tomorrow. So he's 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 turning very very good. Yeah. So that's kind of a that's, that's going to tell you something tomorrow, right? You don't feel anything. It's Polko. He does. Yeah. I mean, I think we're we're, we're you know we're in pretty good shape. He's had some positive days you know from it, so we're in good shape. As it sits right now, Davies is expected to miss one start and then get back into the rotation uh, after that one missed start. So we should see him starting again coming up uh, later on the week. For uh, Stephen Vogt, he hasn't been throwing for what about? I think the injury happened, what, Monday of last week? Is that right? It's uh, The whole timeline is a little bit murky for me right now, but around then. So we're, we're past the one-week mark. We're probably coming up on about a week and a half since the uh, shoulder injury came down. And Council gave an update on uh, where Stephen Vogt is at in his rehab. Yeah, no, he he started on some um, plyometric type stuff, and it was it was a successful it was successful. So that's a great sign um, that he can that he can start you know down the process of of throwing and not just being 
rehabbing, he can start throwing. So that's that's obviously good news. And as long as he's able to throw, as long as he's able to have a strong arm, he should be good to go. I, and I'm gonna be, I'm interested. That's one of my. You look at all the little storylines going in, and every single individual who comes into spring worked on things during the course of the off season, and you look to see whether or not they improved in, in certain areas. And for Stephen Vote, the area that he needed to improve upon was throwing out runners. He was bad at it. I think he caught one guy last year after he uh, came back with the Brewers, and it was it was the final homestand. I remember when he caught the guy, and it was first one. Uh, he's just it's just not a strong part of his game. He's fine at framing pitches. He's fine at calling a game. He's fine at the plate. He's got pop. Like he he checks a lot of boxes. The box that he doesn't check is throwing out guys. And he worked he worked darn hard during the course of the off season to be able to put himself in better position to throw guys out. That's why it was a big bummer that he he ended up getting injured because you don't want to see any progress that he made in that shoulder kind of fall back because he's not, you know, he loses whatever he had uh, in that throwing arm. But I think he's going to be all right and he's he's good for this team. When you you have the righty lefty deal between him and Pena on days that he doesn't start, you've got a power bat off the bench. He's a pretty good pinch hitter. He's he, he's seemingly clutch. Like, there's a lot of things about Stephen Vogt that are good for this team. Play great in the clubhouse. You know the the Oakland A's connection that came in midway through the season last year between Sogard and Vogt were both very very good influences uh, in the clubhouse. They were and. It's not the Jet Band. He's not good in the clubhouse because he is. He absolutely is. He fits in well. If you, if you had a situation where there wasn't a roster crunch and you could carry three catchers, knowing especially having vote that he can pinch hit and have some pop, then you absolutely would carry three catchers. But I, I don't see a scenario where they can afford to carry three catchers on this roster. And we're going to get into that more later on the program because they just look, they don't have enough room for. Some guys who are pretty darn good players, uh, so that's that's not a that's not a viable answer at this point in time. We'll start getting into some of those position battles, including what I think the team should do at second base, whether they need to stay with who they have in house, whether they need to jettison anybody who's in house, or whether they need to continue to uh, look outside the organization. We'll talk about second base next. If you want to join us on the program, you can do so on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. This is Brewers Weekly. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. Matt Pauley's my name. Thanks so much for being tuned in. If you want to join the program, you can do so on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line 414-799-1620. It's 414-799-1620. Or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And uh, I want to get into second base and we'll, we'll we'll continue this conversation in a moment. I mentioned this during the crosstalk period with Greg Matzik when we were wrapping up uh, Sports Central. I don't know if it ends up serving the Brewers well to have Jonathan VR on the roster in a non-regular playing time situation. Now, his spring training numbers are fine. He's hitting 300. 
His OPS is actually pretty solid at 714. Uh, you know, he's so he's, he's putting up good numbers. He's got a double, 20 at bats. For me, I just I, I feel like something we learned about Jonathan VR last year was we saw him excel when he was given the shortstop job two years ago and basically told, This is your job. And then he got shifted over to third base and it started going badly. And then he got shifted over to second base going into this past season. And he said and did all the right things going into the season and talked about how you know playing up uh, the middle infield was better for him because it was kind of like playing shortstop. But dude wants to be a shortstop. Guy takes a lot of pride in being a shortstop. And I, I, I don't know if his makeup is really meant to... There are some guys who really benefit from competition. You know, the, the the cliche of competition makes you better. But there's also some guys that really benefit from just knowing they have a job. Adam McAlvey wrote something over at Brewers.com today about Manny Pena and how he's been able to take a little bit of a different approach in spring this year and work on some kind of uh, some nuanced aspects of the catching position because he's not worried about losing his job. He, he doesn't have to sit here and you know be worried about not getting enough hits to make the job. Manny Pena is your starting catcher. So for, for Jonathan VR, that's, that's kind of how I feel about him. And look, I don't, I don't talk to him a lot. I'm around the clubhouse a little bit. We have him on Brewers Extra Innings on occasion. It's not like I really know this guy, so maybe I'm being a little bit unfair to him. But just my, my kind of take on, on VR is he's going to be at his best when he's in a situation where he doesn't have to worry about competing for a job where he doesn't have to worry about losing his job. And I don't know if that's Milwaukee. I just, I don't. I, I feel like if he comes back and he's back in that situation of being a platoon at second base, I, I have a hard time believing it's going to be a whole lot better than what it was last season. So we'll we'll see. And... Um, from from a second base position, I I feel like Hernan Perez is the guy that everybody's talking about. Oh, he should be your everyday second baseman. Perez's numbers in spring training so far really good, really good. He's hit four twenty three so far uh, in spring, and you break those numbers down a little bit. Has a couple RBIs. Um, is getting on base. He's not walking a lot. I mean, the on base is 444 compared to the 423 average. But again, I, this is this is kind of when you get into this this nuanced sort of deal of okay, so Hernan Perez is putting up the best numbers of anybody in spring training at second base. But what does what where does he bring you the most value? And the you know, there's been a lot of talk. I've had a lot of conversations with people about whether or not Aaron Perez should even make the team. And this is way before the 423 spring training average. But people looking at Perez, people looking at the the overall augmentation of talent on this Brewers roster. And there's been some people who said, you know what, maybe it's not space for Aaron Perez. 
And I've always said I, I didn't think that'd be the case. I think Hernan Perez is the Craig Council player. He's the guy. When I think about the player that Craig Council wants on his team, I think of Perez. Because this is a guy who can go play any position. And this is also a guy who he can be starting for a week or he can be on the bench for a week. He can be getting one at bat a game. And you still look at his approach at the plate, and I don't think it changes much. And that's tough. That's really tough to do. So all of a sudden, if you're starting Hernan Perez at second base, who's that guy who can come in late in games? And quite honestly, and this is no disrespect to uh, to Eric Sogard, if, if I've got a choice between Hernan Perez or Eric Sogard coming in for a pinch hit at bat in a really important moment in the seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning, I want Aaron Perez. I feel more comfortable. Now, from a starting position, I, I'm fine with Sogard starting games, and, and I know he'll come in you know, with the righty-lefty stuff and, and just the double switches and everything. I know he'll come into games late, but I'm, I'm more comfortable with Aaron Perez being that guy that you sit on the bench and comes in and is still going to, going to play starter, you know, going to get starter at bats, going to get every day at bats, uh, but some days going to be starting, some days going to be coming off the bench. Uh, everybody continues to talk about whether or not Neil Walker makes this team, or get, not makes this team, but gets brought in. He's still a free agent, obviously. If Walker gets brought in, I think the guy who loses his job has got to be Jonathan VR. I think Eric Sogard is on this team. I think Hernan Perez is on this team. If you bring in a Neil Walker, at that point, I don't know if Jonathan VR stays on the team. And I, there's absolutely no space on the roster for Sogard, VR, Perez, and Walker. Just can't happen. Just can't happen. So if you were to go out and get Neil Walker, bring him back, which I guess is always a possibility, he continues to sit out there as a uh, as a free agent. I read a report last week that most recently he's gotten a minor league offer. Neil Walker, that's the that's the best offer that's out there right now. Now I'm sure there were better offers out there two months ago that he thought he was going to be able to do much better than. But if you want to, I think at this point, if you gave Neil Walker substantial money on a one year deal, you might be able to bring him in for one year. That's that's probably where you're at right now. But if they do that, they probably have to make the decision that they want to move on from Jonathan VR. And right now is probably not the moment to move on from Jonathan VR because, again, he is putting up pretty solid numbers at the plate in spring training play. So it might be, look, if Neil Walker is still out there on April 20th and Jonathan VR gets off to a rough start to the season, maybe that's when you really go revisit that. 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. It is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or you can tweet into the program at Matt Pauly on air. I continue to be very intrigued by what's going to happen at first base and the domino effect that that's going to have on the rest of the roster. I think that is the most compelling narrative of what's going on right now. We'll continue to talk about it. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for being tuned in. Talking all things Brewers as we continue to count down to opening day. 
The season starts this year in San Diego. So the first team that Eric Hosmer will play as a member of the Padres will be the Milwaukee Brewers. Hosmer, one of my favorite guys. I had when I was a minor league play by play guy. I worked in the Royals organization, and I had Hosmer on one of the teams that I broadcast, and he's absolutely one of my f- favorite people out there. Like everything you read about him being great in the clubhouse and being a great leader and all the intangibles and everything, that's not that's not BS. That's that's truth. He's uh, he's a good dude, and uh, hopefully he's able to have some success in San Diego this year. Anyways, if you want to talk to Brewers with me, you can do so, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. It is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. Speaking of first baseman, how about that for a transition? Uh, every day that goes by that we don't get a resolution to what the playing time is really going to look like at first base for the Brewers, I have a stronger belief that we're going to see Ryan Braun there a lot. Now, I bet Ryan Braun, I bet they're they're overly careful with him this year in terms of his playing time because they overplayed him last year. he, He had that very, very solid year two years ago where they had kind of the... He was coming off the back surgery. They were uber careful with him. He he never played. You know the the day game after the night game. It seemed like he never played. Anytime they were they had an off day, they utilized the game either in front of or behind the off day to get him two straight days off, and it really worked out well. He put up really solid numbers two years ago, and then he had a healthy year. And you went into last year, and all of a sudden, I think there was this kind of feeling that, okay, he's a year removed from the back injury. We can we can play this guy pretty much every day. And I, I think they overused him. I think you got to be careful. And look, there's going to be people out there. There's a there's a there's a vocal minority. I think it's a minority. Maybe I'm wrong. There's a vocal minority out there that says. Look at what Brian Braun is making in terms of salary. Therefore, he has to pay play 150 games a year. If he's only playing in 130 games a year, if he's only playing in 120 games a year, well, then this guy's stealing money. How, you know, you can't you can't pay this guy this amount of money and him not play that much. And I disagree. I look at that 2016 season. So in 2016, he hits 30 home runs. He has 91 RBIs. He would have been close to 100 RBIs. He missed some time right there at the end of the season. Was that when he and his wife had a baby, I think? Maybe he missed some time for that, so he missed a few games at the end of the year. So, I mean, he basically he had a 30-home run, 100-RBI season. I would argue that Ryan Braun has a better chance to get to 30 home runs and 100 RBIs playing in 130 games than he does playing in 150 games. So if you're getting that production, why does it matter if he's doing it in 130 or 150? And again, I just I don't think the body is going to hold up through 150. And the idea of moving him to first base, there is there's less running at first base. So there's a little bit less stress on the body. There's a lot of reasons that it makes sense. He's He's still learning the position. This is a this is a crash course at first base. He's a good athlete. 
He does have experience on the infield. He wasn't especially good at third base, but he was, you know, he, he came up as an infielder. So he's, he's got some experience there. There's going to be some growing pains in all this. But to me, it just, the, the best lineup, if you're, you know, your opening day lineup, when you put out your best possible guys on opening day, I think that lineup has an outfield of Yelich, Kane, and Santana and Braun at first base. Now, that probably means Jesus Aguilar is not a member of the Brewers anymore. That's just, to me, it, uh, Greg made reference to this earlier on Sports Central, and Greg was right. It probably comes down to Jesus Aguilar or Domingo Santana on the roster. They're probably competing for a single spot on the roster, not because they play the same position, but just because of the implications of them being on the roster. So if Domingo Santana is on the roster come opening day, and this is this is barring any injuries. Let's say they stay totally healthy. If Domingo Santana is on the roster come opening day, I don't think Jesus Aguilar is. If Domingo Santana were to get traded before opening day, and then let's say Yelich gets moved to right field and Braun goes back to left, then there's an opening for uh, for Aguilar to be on the roster, and the roster looks somewhat similar to what it looked like last year. But those two guys are probably competing for one single spot going into this season. And I don't know how much playing time Braun's going to get. If, if I was Craig Council, and again, this has a lot to do with Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun kind of manages his own program. He, he when, you're, when you're Ryan Braun, when you've been around as long as he's been around, when you know your body the way you do, I, I think he kind of makes the call on when he's playing, when he's not playing, things like that. But if I'm Craig Council, I'm sitting down with him, and I'm saying we're, we're going to put together a, basically a plan. You can probably look at the calendar before the season even starts and have a general idea of the games that Braun will start and games that he won't. Now, yeah, as things go along and some matchup stuff, righty-lefty, historical things, whatever, as that comes along as the season moves, maybe you make a, a change here or change there by a day or two, but for the most part, I think you, you, know, you utilize those off days. What I said earlier, if there's an off day, Braun needs to not play either in front of or behind. That just the, That's the way it is. And if he can go, if you can get back to 2016 Ryan Braun, if you can get 135 games out of Ryan Braun with 30 home runs and 91 RBIs, and you've got a lineup with Travis Shaw in it, with Christian Yelich in it, with Domingo Santana in it, if that's your middle of the order and you're getting 2016 Braun again, think how much more dangerous that team is. This team last year, 2017 Brewers, they... They, they were in playoff contention on the second-to-last day of the season with the face of the franchise hitting 268 with 17 home runs, 52 RBIs, and only appearing in 104 games. You jump those numbers up, it's going to be, it's going to be that much more dangerous. And that's, that's one of the big challenges for the Brewers going into this season is managing Braun where you can get really solid production from him, but also having a scenario that the lineup is still okay when he's not in there. Because the way we talk about it right now on days that Braun doesn't play, Eric Thames is at first base, and you still have Thames to do some other things. I don't, as it sits right now, I would, exp I think Ryan Braun could very easily 
get more starts at first base than Eric Thames this year. If you know the, the, the proverbial gun to the head, as the roster is constructed right now, I would bet on that. It all changes if somebody gets moved. It does. But as the roster sits right now, I think we'll see more of Braun at first base than we will of Eric Thames. And as it sits right now, I think Domingo Santana is going to be on this roster come opening day. There is, there is no smoke, there is no fire on anything involving a trade. I thought he was going to be traded after they acquired uh, Yelich and Kane. I've completely backed off that one right now. Starting rotation. Two spots up for grabs. A bunch of guys competing for those jobs. Where is it at right now? We'll talk about it next. This is Brewers Weekly. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for spending a portion of your Thursday evening with us as we continue to count down to the start of Brewers season. It's so good to turn on the radio and hear Brewers baseball. Even spring training games, great to turn on the radio and hear Brewers baseball. You were able to do that uh, this afternoon. I'm, I said something one week. I, you know what? For people out there who think I am just stuck in my opinions and I'm not willing to step off and that I'm not willing to like listen to anybody or anything, here is an example of me backing off an opinion. If you listened last week, if you listened to the podcast, you've heard me say that I thought that the starting rotation, we know, we know the top three. But right now there's a competition for those final two spots. Last week I said that I thought the guys who were going to win those jobs were Wade Miley and Brent Suter. I'm sticking with Wade Miley. I, I'm, I'm, I'm borderline... I'm intrigued. I'll go with that word. I'm very intrigued by what Wade Miley is going to do for the Brewers this year. And I think, I think he easily right now has the inside track for the number four spot. He's been very impressive so far in spring. He's come in in great shape. It's just there's a there's a lot of things going on right now with Wade Miley that I really think that he's going to be and he's a, he's a nice veteran guy to have. I mean, this is a guy. He's been he's been a really good pitcher in the big leagues. Not last year, but he's been a very good pitcher in the big leagues. So Wade Miley, I, I, I stand by my idea that Miley's going to be able to um, move into the starting rotation. So far in three appearances, eight innings, three unearned runs, so he has a zero ERA, six hits, 11 strikeouts, and one walk. There's something to look at, the strikeout-to-walk ratio, 11 strikeouts, one walk. That is obviously a fantastic number. Last week I said I thought Brent Suter would be the next guy and the, kind of the number five starter. And Suter hasn't done anything to pitch him out of that position. Suter has not given up a run period in his three games that he's appeared in. Four strikeouts, one walk. Suter's done a perfectly good job. Last week I said I thought Suter was going to be the guy. I kind of think Junior Guerra is going to get back into the starting rotation. And Guerra has a 1.80 ERA. So far, through four games, three starts. In 10 innings, he's given up three runs, two earned on 14 hits with eight strikeouts and two walks. The 14 hits in 10 innings, a few more hits than you'd like to see him give up. But the 8-2 the to two strikeout to walk ratio, that's solid. He's somebody who had issues with walks and command. and, and you know, when, he, when he's got that 
devastating split finger pitch going, you get he you get two strikes and you're you're gone. He didn't have that going as much last year. Uh, so far, so good. Batting average against not great. Three forty one. That's he's he, that's got to get better. But again, this kind of all goes back to you take with a grain of salt some of the numbers during the course of spring training. With Brent Suter, you have options with him. You have the ability to go place him at AAA, let him pitch there for a little while, let some things kind of develop at the big league level, see if you really are able to uh, keep Junior Guerra there, let him sit back and, and wait for injuries, whatever it might be. The best player doesn't always make the team. There are other, In baseball, there's other things that go into it. There's service time. There's Super 2. There's, uh, there's whether or not guys have options. That all goes into it. And maybe at a very surface level, it's not fair, but it's, it's the business of baseball. It's the way it works. If, if the business of baseball didn't exist, we wouldn't even have 40-man rosters. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have any of that. It would just be a, a free-for-all. It's not a free-for-all. Things like that matter. So I just I get a sense, as it sits right now, I think Junior Guerra might end up uh, moving back into the starting rotation. We'll see. Maybe I'm going to have a completely different opinion a week from now. Maybe it's going to be every week Matt's new guys to fill the back two spots of the starting rotation. But right now, if I had to choose who I thought was going to come out of uh, spring as the uh, number four and number five starter, I'd go with Wade Miley. And I would go with Junior Cara. All right, so there's this roster crunch. And everybody's like, well, maybe they're going to trade Jesus Aguilar. Maybe they're going to trade Jonathan VR. I'm going to tell you why that is unlikely. And I'll do that next as we wrap up this edition of Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. Some breaking uh, baseball news, by the way. Mike Moustakis. He signed a one-year deal with the Kansas City Royals, guarantees him $6.5 million with incentives that can go to 22.7. Ashton, have you ever heard of a contract that has a, has a minimum of 6.5 and a maximum of 22.7? That is a huge difference. That is a ridiculous difference. All right, we got to be done in like 40 seconds, so real quick before I get out of here. The idea of trading a Jonathan VR, the idea of trading a Jesus Aguilar, maybe you can trade them for a player to be named later. Maybe you can trade them for cash considerations. But it like being a real deal where you get something tangible and substantial back, even some sort of low-level prospect, it just doesn't happen in baseball anymore. We're not seeing it. You don't see these trades with kind of second-tier sort of guys. Top-tier guys can get traded, but that next tier, especially this year, where there's so many folks out here on the free agent market, I think it's a lot tougher. We'll talk about that more on future editions, but for now, we've got to go. Thanks for being tuned in to Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ.